You want to do it one more time? Yeah, one more okay. for safety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate McEdwards. And I'm Daphne Gardner. And we're coming to you from Odd Obsession Movies in Chicago. And this is Ladies Horror Night. In the name of Satan, I place a curse upon you. What movie is this from? I spit on your garage. You did remember to invite some cute boys to the party, I hope. Of course I did. And we're going to scare the shit out of them. So oh, is the pizza? You guys think I'm too smart. Come on, I know a professional version when I see one. Point sir. Daddy, you want some? What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Oh my god, we have such a special episode for you tonight. It's our second stop on our video store tour. We visited my friend Antoinette. Suter, a artist and teacher, and a former coworker of mine at the video store I worked at in Baltimore, who was living and working in Chicago at the time at Odd Obsession Movies. If you're in the Chicago area, absolutely check it out. They have these incredible painted movie posters from Ghana. We go into this more in the episode, but please check out deadlypraygallery.com. Pray as in like, I'm killing you to eat you. And I believe one of the owners of Odd Obsession is the person in charge of that gallery. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Actually, a few of Antoinette's friends ended up showing up. Friends, but also people who worked at the video store. So in typical video store fashion, we ended up hanging out. Um, They ended up watching the film with us. And it just, you know, it brought a tear to my eye. I'm really sentimental. We sort of were just like, well, hang out with us and watch this movie. Like we just got like a fifth of bourbon. Oh, my God. I don't even remember how much we had. So that yeah, disclaimer, that feeling, you know, when you uh, we got a little steal drunk. money from the petty cash for like an eight ball of Coke and just do rails okay, all night. That did not happen Wait. at this one. That happened. No? Oh, I'm pretty sure that happened when you and Jimmy were working at Queen <laughs> Video in Toronto. Hell no. We just drank tons of Perrier, Perrier. and danced to the showgirls. That's soundtrack. Yeah. Perrier. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not yeah. champs. Okay. No. So um, what did we watch? We watched lizard in a woman's skin the lucio fulci fuck i can't say that but lucio fulci say it again lucio 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 fulci um yeah i'm not gonna i don't want it's a fulci it's a fulci it's called a lizard in a woman's skin 1971 antoinette is a big giallo fan and friend she's very well versed in the genre so she she's a friend of giallo she's a friend Uh, can that be a mug a friend of <laughs> hi hi i'm a friend of giallo i'm a friend i'm a fan and i'm a and fan a- and a friend <laughs> some people love this genre more more than anything i am a fan of some of the hits not all of the not all the deep cuts but i don't know maybe i just need to experiment some more it's like any drug like try it a couple times see if it works for you absolutely so we watched a lizard in a woman's skin which was incredible oh my god it was so good even though some parts were boring (laughs) what did you think Um, the wikipedia is a woman tormented by strange drug-induced hallucinations finds her fantasies giving way to violent what's that word reality Reality. that is what this movie is about it's about a woman who's sexually attracted to her neighbor who who the fuck wouldn't be she's hot and um and because she's so into her, she murders her because, I don't know, whatever. Let's not give it away. But the, po- <laughs> but the point is, is we're learning. We're loving. Like, I need to know. You're a fan of hot girls kissing on a fur coat. 
ten this is the movie ten out you. of ten would rent again. Hey Kate. Yeah. You got a tampon? Why? Thought I'd ask. You seem like you might be plugging. Our podcast. All right, fine. We're going to be hosting select films from the Terror Tuesday movie series at Alamo Drafthouse in downtown Brooklyn. We just did Sisters by Brian De Palma. It was a total blast. It was sold out. Get your tickets in advance. Rate, review, and fucking subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at Ladies Horror Night. Follow us on Twitter at LDZ. We don't even know what our Twitter is. That's how bad we are at Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) We fucking hate Twitter. It's so boring. But we're going to try for you. For the fans. Thanks for plugging. Antoinette, thanks so much for coming to be on our podcast. We're so fucking stoked to have you here. Okay, so we are at Odd Obsession Movies. Um, and we are located, I guess, in Bucktown, technically. Okay. Um, and it's a video store that's been here a while, um, but managed to sort of outlast a lot of the video store closings. I mean, basically, the, the only way was that uh, the store ran a Kickstarter to keep the store open and then switched to a volunteer basis. So instead of, you know, receiving a paycheck, we're all sort of more like a collective and choose to be here and volunteer time and, you know, keep the collection open to the public. One of the coolest things about the store, obviously, then that we notice immediately is this wall of incredible movie posters. Can you tell us a little bit about these? So these are Ghanaian hand-painted movie posters, and oftentimes they're painted on the back of, you can sort of see here, they're painted, well, this one's canvas, I think, but a lot of them are just on the back of flower bags, which is how they're traditionally done. Brian Chankin, the owner, this is his primary source of income now, is my understanding, and he runs Deadly Prey Gallery, and through that gallery, he works with um, these Ghanaian artists. But basically, they would take a portable generator and a VCR and and like a pickup truck and just go and have like a little screening and they would invite people in by having these hand-painted movie posters. So usually the the artists had never even seen the movie. They were just given a few facts. They're usually like super violent. The Mrs. Doubtfire poster where apparently Mrs. Doubtfire uh, joyously impales someone through the eye with a broom which of course never happened. <laughs> it's just whatever they could do to sort of get people excited to bring them into the movie, quote, theater. Mm-hmm. But they're being sort of compared now to like sideshow posters. Um, right. So there's like a huge market for them. But a lot of the artists are still alive and will work on commission. And they're becoming like major collector's items. That's awesome. And also, I've been screaming at middle schoolers all week. <laughs> so I'm sorry, my voice is really hoarse. No, but you, you sound amazing. Like a sexy, sexy Dina Lohan vibe <laughs> is like washing over me. Um, okay, cool. So here's our questionnaire for our okay. fellow former clerk friends. Did you have any staff picks? And if you had them here or there, could you name a few? I don't yet, but I've been thinking a lot about it. And... It's over there, Hell's Ground, that I was talking to you about before. Oh, right, So yeah. Hell's Ground is the first Pakistani horror film. Right, I watched the trailer. It looks amazing. Right, and it also is, it's a combination between a Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a zombie movie. Love it. But it also dissects pa- Pakistani culture and gender norms. So it, it features a man wearing a burqa named Baby who wields oh my a mace. Which, God. of course, for like Pakistani culture is like, whoa. I know I mentioned Bad Boy Bubby. An Australian exploitation, debatably exploitation film mm. that turns into a punk rock anthem for people on like learning modality spectrums or on like um, autism spectrums, mm. like for being like punk rock heroes. 
I want to see this movie <laughs> so bad now. Yeah, it's really good. And then, of course, I'd put Deep Red because it's my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Okay, let's move right along. Who was your favorite customer and why? I don't have a favorite customer here, but I have a really good story about signing a customer up. Mm-hmm. This guy came in. He was so curmudgeonly. There was just no pleasing this man. And he was like, he wanted Blade Runner, but there's like five discs we have. And he was like, you know, the real one. And I was like, which one do you want? And he was like, the real one. You know, like the regular one. And I was like, okay, so you want the theatrical release? He was like, yes. And so then we start signing him up for the account. So I've already like seen his driver's license, signed him up. So I know his legal name, right? He was like, yeah, I used to be a bank robber. What? (laughs) Yes. He was known as the Flying Bandit, but he was a Canadian, so his wife thought he was going on business trips to, like, sell computers. He would get on a plane and go rob, like, three banks and then come back. He was caught when robbing a liquor store for $1,000 worth of alcohol in Illinois, Mm -hmm. and that's, like, why he was in Illinois was because he was in jail here. And he made something like $5 million in two years. You can look this up. I know. I'm trying. And of course, anyone else, you're like, yeah, right. But I'm like, I'm looking at your driver's Driver's license, license. you know? And so then he kind of perks up. I was like, well, tell me about it. He was like, I was like, was it amazing? He was like, oh, well, now that it's all over, it's great. He was like, yeah, it's really weird. They're making a Hollywood movie about it. And they're (gasps) actually flying me out there for consulting. And then he goes into this whole thing about like, it's almost like he becomes like clear, you know? He goes from like bumbly, grumpy man to like clear. And he kind of perks up and then talks to me about how it was a victimless crime. He was like, well, nobody got hurt, just the corporations got hurt, and blah, blah, blah. Oh I was a one-man operation. God. I used to work with a partner, but he didn't. it didn't work out. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Sorry, long story. No, that's a great one. Now we've come to one of our most awkward questions. Have you ever smashed in the store? <laughs> As, like, one of the only females working in a video store for five years, mm-hmm. I inevitably, like, went on dates with, you know, most of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the answer. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was telling you earlier, as a result, I uh, decided to form a fake band called Boys Love Brackage. Because <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to bring a girl over to your house, don't show them a Brackage film. No. I was lured to, oh God, shouldn't use the word lured. <laughs> I was um, invited over to watch Bad Boys starring Sean Penn. And like, damn, it got me. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go watch Bad Boys at your house and get drunk. It doesn't matter that you're twice my age. It's fine. <laughs> Um, but it's great. Good, good time at the video store. But one of the things that I realized was really special about video stores, and I've heard a lot of stories about this video store operating similarly to Video Americon. There were a couple times when like I didn't have enough money to cover my rent and I would go in and ask for an advance and they would just take it out of the cash register and write a form, you know? And I know a lot of people did that with this store. And the thing that I really miss, like being in academia now is totally fulfilling, but sometimes I feel like we're doing lip service to taking care of each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas a video store is like actually kind of a family. Mm -hmm. You kind of go down together if you're going down, you know? And then I think there's something like really, really special about that. Um, So I would love to get paid a living wage to work at a video store for sure. But um, ultimately like I'm still a practicing artist and an academic. Mm -hmm. And if I could balance the three, you know, that would really be ideal. And the thing that I think people forget now that I'm like officially an educator on paper, mm-hmm. um, I think they forget that this is an education. Mm-hmm. And that's like why I'm so passionate about it. Um, because this collection is really special and people don't realize how hard it is to like access a lot of 
these films. Absolutely. Because money, money controls everything, and money controls Netflix now, and clearly money doesn't control this. So last question. Someone comes in at 10 minutes to close on Halloween. All the classics are gone, mm-hmm. so no Halloween, no Texas Chainsaw, okay. no Evil Dead 2. What would you suggest for this Custy coming in this late on Halloween? Because I'm imagining this has got to be someone who's like, fuck, I didn't know I had to have a scary movie party at my house. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So who's the person that says, fuck, I don't know. I didn't know I was having a scary movie party at my house at 1045 at night. Well, okay. If if they look like, quote, alternative, Mm -hmm. what is it, Tetsuo Iron Man in the 90s at like all of the goth bars, they would always play this movie on the background. So if they were like a little industrial, a little gothy, like mm-hmm. that's what I would do. But if it was kind of like yeah. more of like a broy dude, I would for sure do Slumber Party Massacre because yes. I would like to trick them into being a feminist via boobs. It's a classic. Rita Mae Brown wrote the script. Mm-hmm. It's directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. I forget her name now. Way to go. It's just a fucking phenomenal film. With that, we are going to take a short break now and come back and watch Antoinette's pick for this yes, evening. I'm so excited. Lizard in a Woman's Skin, 1971. <laughs> yeah, it's a Fulci. <laughs> okay, so it has the typical giallo plot in that it's a mystery, but one of the things that really struck me in this is one of the sort of plot twists is totally reliant on by guilt. Mm. Um, and women's by guilt. We did some research about the movie before we came here tonight, and I wasn't able to find anything that really was like a standout queer theory, even like essays or blog posts really about right, this movie. Right. They acknowledge his misogyny, but in this way that it's like kind of like a, a footnote. They call him like a genre terrorist or something like that. <laughs> you know, like he- like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. like career goals. <laughs> career right. goals. He's obviously a genius, but that doesn't delegitimize the fact that he's like an overt misogynist. We have two guests with us tonight who are also people that work at Odd Obsession, Antoine and Teresa. Hello, my name is Antoine Moore. Uh, I've been to uh, Odd Obsession movies for like 10 and a half years, going on Ooh, 11 wow. years. So. <laughs> Hi, my name is Teresa. I just started volunteering. I've been renting here for a really long time. Lizard in a woman's skin. All right, let's play this fucking movie. Excuse me. Thank you, Dom. I'm gonna take my. Supposed to not burp in the mic. God. You told me not to burp I in did. the mic. My mic's on the. The mic was on the side when I burped. Okay. I also love how we're kind of half watching this because that's how you watch movies in a video store. Okay, so these young ladies running through the train. In one minute, it's running through a crowded train, like of a train car, and now she's just in a hallway full of nudes. <laughs> Send nudes. <laughs> so in basically, it went from Send like, a, what, is it, what is the Hitchcock movie? Strangers on a Train. No, the other one. To Catch a Thief. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the gay plane, one, the Rope? Plane. No, they meet on the train. The, the plane. Which gay one? Come on, I'm trying to make a point. Um, the meet on the plane? <laughs> no, there's a plane attacking him. Let's North play a game. North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Grant. So basically this movie went from North by Northwest Us to a Mar- Marina Abramovich uh, performance piece. A lot of beautiful people so right? far. A lot of good 70s loose wave hair and a chinchilla coat.
my god yes kiss kiss right? kiss 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 Wait two girls it. on a red velvet bed <laughs> honestly the first night i met my partner um he had silk leopard bed sheets what? and i was like is this me? a red flag or, <laughs> or a, a or green light <laughs> eventually at the end of the corridor you see a person always the same person your next door neighbor in your dreams you always see her dressed as a striptease artist Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> striptease in fact that woman for you represents degradation and vice the flat next door is a symbol of vice you've referred to this woman before as someone who is not quite respectable we're always jealous of our cool slut friends yeah. come on she certainly isn't. Listen, when your neighbor's more sexually liberated than you are and you have dreams about her, it just means you have a crush on her. I know. Right. Don't Actually, stress. it just means go get that. Yeah. I had such a huge crush on this woman who was, um, she was a clerk at a really small video store. She showed me Alice that. Oh, the Jans Fenkler movie. Yes. I had crazy dreams about her. Like my dream last night about Clea Duvall. <laughs> Yeah, do you want to do you want to tell us about that? I'll do it later. Ooh, whoa, split screen. So there's an orgy happening. It's a split screen <laughs> orgy. It's very 60s theater. Um, lots of makeup, lots of like ridiculous overacting. I also want to say that like we're watching the overdub version, and a lot of people don't know about the Giallo films. That the actresses were a mix of American, Italian, and like other nationalities, Hungarian, Spanish, all kinds of things. And they would actually have to do one version in Italian and then one version in English. Meaning that if you were Hungarian and you did a Giallo film, you also had to do your own overdubs. So the fact that like these actresses are underrated, they had to be gorgeous and they had to like at least convincingly speak two languages that were potentially not their own on camera. Wow. It's just unbelievable. Oh no. Look at that blood, that paint blood. Chinchilla Coat's killing her lesbian lover. Why? Young. Young. Cause of guilt. Cause of guilt. Cause of Cause of by by guilt. guilt. Oh, I love how red the blood is in all these jellos. Right? Oh, yeah. my God. Jello blood's so my fave beautiful. blood of all bloods. Yeah. All the bloods. Fave of blood all bloods. of all bloods. And now her therapist is giving her a cigarette, which is really odd. I really wish it was a Virginia like, Honestly, you did really progress. <laughs> <laughs> if my therapist was like, it's time to have your cigarette, I'd be like, oh my God, please tell me more. Should be a law against finding bodies on a Saturday. Sorry, there's two guys in ties talking again. I'm bored. <laughs> it's it's Francois Truffaut's second cousin, and the guy from Faulty Towers is his older brother. They're in a car, and I, I don't know what. We're in trouble. We're going to Scotland Yard. You didn't bring the paper home, Frank. You always bring the paper. Oh, I'm sorry. I put it away somewhere. Plot update. Her neighbor has been found strangled next <gasps> to a fur. Wait, was it the blonde woman that she dreamt of? Do you want me to ruin the movie for you? What are you hiding from me? Carol, 
Why don't you stop thinking about it? Ooh, oh, Carol, God. why oh don't God, you stop, stop thinking, thinking about, about it? it? <laughs> How many times has somebody told me to get out of my head that I'm thinking too much? Fuck you. Just saying, I know that get over it's good advice, but it's bad advice because you're just like erasing that person's experience of having a problem dealing with something and you're not letting them like talk it out in their diary before they get over it. Well, you want to see the body, Mr. Hammond? Well, for no specific reason. She was our neighbor. That's all right. So the woman who's the main character is like this conservative housewife and the neighbor is sort of like playing out as like what she wants with her life. But of course, why would she be allowed what she wants? I hope I look like this in 10 years. Right? Uh, just just in terms of like hair length and clothes. Yeah, but you know she's like younger than you. Oh God, don't tell me that. <laughs> this fur coat mean anything to you, Mr. Hammond? No. I feel like that was such a funny one-liner. It was goes, does that fur coat mean anything to you? No. I just feel like the way we've been referencing the fur coat in this movie, like it's such a symbol of like female sexuality and like primal nature. And also just like, I'm sorry, like, but yeah, like. Yeah, it means a lot to me. A man actually. is like, oh, what do I think of when I think of lesbians muff diving? Yeah, Let's give her a fur coat. Carol, let's go. We are seeing a beautiful, dark, chocolate brown, wide-brimmed hat. It's like <laughs> one of those Dick Tracy detective hats, but the brim is like out to lunch and for the like hair. four and a half more inches. We've got a beautiful braided bun in the back, low bun resting on the back. It's like 50% fake hair, and I'm digging it. And the cape? High-collared brown cape, two-tiered. And she just has a great look overall. I'm going to say it's like very Lauren Hutton uh, fall look, I would say. I'm going for this look this fall. I should not waste the podcast time describing what clothes look like because people no, can you just should, go Google it. But at this I point, just, I'm just enjoy like it. A little tipsy. I'm just yeah. gonna. You're a little tipsy. I'm yeah. drunk. If they happen to walk into your dreams, Joe, please. I'm going completely mad. I've been fading in and out, and I still understand what's happening to an extent. Does the director even know what's happening? I'm not sure. By killing Julia, you killed a part of yourself, a part attracted to degradation and vice. The conflict has been resolved by an act of violence. Oh my God, that guy looks so much like David wait, Bowie. Wait, what did he just say? He was like, by killing that woman, you killed like the part of you that's attracted to sin and vice. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, by guilt. And the men oh in this movie. Can, can I get a high five? Right? I'm like so, yeah. And the men in this movie are like, you killed all the sin in you. Instead of you were having an affair with a sexy, amazing woman who you murdered, and that's wrong. <laughs> so, like, how does it work cutting out all of our drunken misspeaks? Will, it takes about eight, 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 eight to 12, to 12 hours, hours yeah. of uh, us sitting in my home office going crazy, drinking too much coffee, and then drinking beers, and then going outside for eight cigarette breaks, and, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> This is the lawsuit. I gotta talk about special effects artists. Okay, so Cannibal Holocaust, we all know, went into a lawsuit where they couldn't prove 
that their gore was fake. This movie, Fulci and all the crew had to go into a, a similar lawsuit. The special effects artists had to come into court, from my understanding, and prove that that scene was fake. So basically what we just witnessed was a scene where a bunch of dogs were cut open and strung up. They had like uh, tubes and stuff pumping blood in and out of their hearts so they were open but they were still alive, like they were being experimented on while they were yeah, being alive. Yeah. It was a very horrific scene to watch. However, I think from our vantage point, we could tell it was fake. So Fulci went to court and was going to go to jail for two years, and then his special effects supervisor who created that whole scene had to go to court and bring the prosthetics and all these things to prove that he was indeed faking this whole yes, thing. which is the highest form of flattery for a special effects artist. And this special effects artist would go on to win three Oscars. Yes, I know. The Wait, first one, one I don't remember, it was 76. Okay, okay. But the second one was for, oh yeah, yeah, this little movie, maybe you've heard of it, Alien. And the third one, maybe another little movie you've heard of, movie. E.T., bitch. Horse montage. Some, we're in some good 70s snap zooms right up in this bitch. <gasps> Who's hunting her? Peter Fonda from Easy Rider. Easy Rider. <laughs> Stalking her. She is now in some sort of a spiral staircase. This is, this is how I feel every time I try to lean in to say something very quietly. It's like, I feel like I'm leaning directly onto the electric organ button. <laughs> her tits gave her away. So she's now on the rooftop of the Louvre. I was going to say. She's like, covered in ketchup from the stabbing. She's passing out because it's really hard to be a woman. No excuses meant by this, but there is a significant yet subtle and sometimes difficult difference between between someone who is potentially misogynist with a whole lot of issues about women versus someone who just literally fucking hates women. And I think Fulci hates women. Oh, so it's is. a combination of hating women and simultaneously worshiping them. Absolutely. Because I mean, that's no what interest. the whole Hitchcockian dynamic exactly. is about. Is exactly. It's just like, even though you are the source of all my pain and I will only torture you for it, exactly. you are my one obsession and I exactly. can't make a movie without you. Exactly. And it's the muse so... syndrome. I think he does, but it's like that part doesn't totally bother me. It's just like the boringness, of, like the, the conversation, the dialogue between the inspectors and stuff. Like, Do, do you think he finds that like, Captivating? No, I think no, it's I what know. Daphne was saying. It's like the Hitchcock phenomenon. Well, it's a necessary evil of these things. It's it's only for propelling the story forward. But it doesn't propel the story forward. So no, then but what it does. It, it no, doesn't no, really, though. No, no, but it does because logically they're like, the inspectors have to solve this murder case. I could figure this movie out. I've been ignoring all the inspector parts, and I can logically figure this movie out. Okay, but what... You're an anomaly because it's like modern audiences aren't going to watch like a 100% acid trip. You were so mixed up with Julia Dura that you were scared. In real life, Mrs. Hammond, not in your dreams. You were quite sure you wouldn't be mixed up in a death because there'd never been a whisper of this relationship of yours. You went to her that night quite sure that she'd be alone. And you killed her. Oh, my God. Where's the lizard? I don't <laughs> get it. She's dead. She killed her. Oh. I need to, I honestly do need a cigarette. Good thing a man explained this to us. You know what? I've been waiting for a guy to just 
Break it all down. You found yourself in the hands of grasping, unscrupulous woman. Wasn't that it, Mrs. Hammond? That telephone call to your father was about you. Could only have been about you. I mean, bi women really are just greedy. They just want. <laughs> he was like a greedy woman. Right, yeah. and they all love velvet. They demand velvet their affairs. <laughs> we, are, we are really the most consumptive of all sexualities. (laughs) So, Antoinette, Teresa, Antoine, thank you all so much for being with us tonight. Yeah, we don't have a catchphrase to, like, end it, do we? Sluts and stoners, stoners. that's what's up. But yeah, but yeah this it works. Movie it is. It Less about works. the stoners, more about the sluts. Can we say that one more time? Yeah. Sluts, sluts and stoners, stoners that's, that's what's, what's up. up. Good night. <laughs>